welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. I'm Cahill, and with me is Brian. Hello. And we are both very happy following last very, week's match. Very happy boys on this podcast. Huh? As clarify, you know, if, if you haven't listened before, we're we're Claire fans. Spoilers! Spoilers, Cahill. They haven't yeah. heard the rest of the podcast. Maybe <laughs> they'd live in an isolated cave and only get the results from this podcast. Just say that we had a good weekend anyway. Yeah. I suppose to bring clarity for those who have been living in a cave with their only access to the outside world, this podcast. Which, fair play, you have excellent taste, despite living <laughs> in a cave. And incidentally, a, a few weeks ago, you might recall, we were talking about Duel and Cave. I have since gone there. Uh, it was very good. So if Duel and Cave want to sponsor us, you know, maybe you're living in Duel and Cave. I don't know. Maybe you got lost on the tour. Maybe you decided to go tunneling, you know, tunnel where no other person had tunneled before. And you're stuck now. Duel and Caves. Visit it. Yeah, for, I think, last week's podcast anyway. You know, Leinster was, was pretty much sorted. We knew who would be in the top three there, although we were still sorting out who would be in the final against Galway. Munster mm. was still a total mess, and then the final in the Joe McDonough could have been any of three different teams. Fairly uh, uncertain last week. This week, we now have a lot more clarity, so I suppose we'll just run through quickly what's going on in every table. So... Of the 16 teams that could theoretically win the All-Ireland at the start of the year between Munster, Leinster and Joe McDonough, half of them have now been eliminated from championship contention. Even this early, we're already down to eight, where originally we had 16. That's it. I mean, a lot of those 16, realistically, they were never going to win it. But still, it, it feels dramatic that we're already cut down to half. That's it. The field is narrowed. Things are getting interesting. So in the Joe McDonough, we went from the final theoretically being between... Westmeath, Carlow, and Antrim too. Now it is definitely Westmeath and Carlow, and Antrim have been leapfrogged and now find themselves in the relegation promotion match against the winner of Kildare and London. So very bad week for Antrim, but very good for Carlow. Uh, in Leinster, uh, we now know that Kilkenny will be the ones facing Galway, uh, while Wexford play either Carlow or Westmeath preliminary round. Offaly, as we already knew, are relegated, and Dublin are safe and. I suppose, you know, disappointed, but hopeful for next year. Then in Munster, probably the biggest shock of all, people might disagree, but I think a lot of people would agree with this. The second and third best teams in the late stage of last year's championship, Waterford and Tip, are both eliminated. Goners. I think the ones that maybe at the start of this year we thought would be certain to get through Munster, and then we were wondering who would be the third team. Mm. Both of them now Dead and buried. Gone. So the final, the Munster final now could be any of... Cork, Clare, or Limerick in any mm. permutation you want. Gone through all the various permutations I've looked through, like how the tables decided. So there are currently nine different ways, you know, nine different situations you could have of wins, draws, and losses. So ignoring, assuming that score difference doesn't flip, Limerick are in the final in eight of the nine permutations, Cork are in the final in six of nine permutations, and Clare in four out of nine. There's Clare versus Cork in one of these possibilities, which is where Clare and Cork both win. Clare versus Limerick in three of these possibilities, where Clare win and Cork either draw or lose to Waterford. Or if Clare draw and Waterford win. And then it's Cork versus Limerick in any other scenario. So there you have it, you know. Get your get your bookies hat out and try and work those odds. If, if you really uh... if you really want to get complicated with it, there's uh, only one permutation where score difference could theoretically influence whether Limerick or Cork go through and that is if Clare win and Cork draw. So if Limerick lost by over 14 points, Cork go through. <laughs> if they lost by fewer than 14, Limerick go through. If they lose by 14 exactly, then if Cork score three more 
the points than Limerick in that match. Cork go through, they score less than three. <laughs> you know, more than Limerick, Limerick go through. If Limerick lose by 14 and Cork score by three more than that, <laughs> if Limerick score one more goal than Cork also, then they're through. If it's less than one more goal, Cork are through. And if they lose by 14 points, Cork score three more than them, but Limerick score one goal more than Cork, it goes to a playoff. Well, and that you, is you, every possible scenario. I, I think I could speak for the audience and say that my, my head hurts and we probably I, lost half of our audience. Okay, I may have gotten into slightly more detail than required. And oh. uh, if you're trying to dig your way frantically out of the cave, I suppose we'll just calm, calm things down now yeah. and get we're, into we're, the matches. And uh, to keep it especially calm, we'll get into the dead rubber that was Galway versus Dublin. Both these teams already knew their final position, Leinster, but. They still yeah. have to play one another. Galway and Dublin. Galway 26 points. Dublin 25 in Pierce Stadium. Galway. Quite a close run thing. Maybe closer than one would have expected given Dublin's um, recent form. So they really seem to throw the kitchen sink at this time. Kind of like what we had predicted, but maybe a little too little, um, you know, a bit too little too late. Yeah. I mean, Dublin were just really unlucky this year. The awfully match. They obviously they hammered them, and then every other match they came so close to toppling the favourite. They made they did make huge strides this year, but just every time it wasn't enough. They obviously still need something just to push them over in matches. But like looking at the scoring, like they finish with one win and a positive scoring margin out of four games, which is a great achievement. It is, but also like you look. I think earlier I had that article on Pythagorean expectation, where it's basically saying how many matches you should win versus how many you actually did based on your mm. scoring difference. And, like, Dublin are one of the, by that measure, least lucky teams. Like, they should have won a second match and probably should have done it as well, really, you know, before now. This one, it wouldn't really have mattered if they'd won it or not because they'd already lost the head-to-head to both Wexford and Kilkenny. But, yeah, just very, very unlucky for them. Kind of feel bad for them. It was a nothing match, and I think Dublin did want it more just to kind of prove that they were up for it. And I think despite the loss anyway, they did prove that. But Galway just too good. And I suppose it should be noted as well, really, it was the second half rally on Dublin's Dublin's part. That they were trading behind Galway at the end of the first half. And managed to turn it around, which is kind of even more impressive, given that I suppose usually if Galway pull a lead, it's not something that you're going to take back. It was a bit of a trend this weekend where quite a few matches you had one team up by very large margins in the first half and then kind of throwing away that lead. I think Galway, you know, they, they probably shouldn't have let it get this close, but you know what, they were the only team I think to eventually hold their lead and go on to win out of those examples. Yeah, I, I suppose really, what could you say for Dublin? I think it's a case of very positive for next year. I think certainly they'll yeah. definitely be coming out stronger next year. You, you compare how, like this is their last match now of the championship. You compare mm. how they went out this year versus how they went out last year. And it's a world of difference. Uh, you know, I think last year, I don't know if any Dublin fans had any hope that they would improve. I think they were thinking like it was just going to keep declining and declining uh, you know, until they were maybe like the level of a leash or something or Westmead. Like there was just no sign. It just seemed like players were leaving left, right and centre. No one was interested. Just a total disaster, really, of, of uh, last year. To be coming back now with really, really good results against top-tier teams, it just, and, you know, and a more defined style for their team as well because even mm. in the league, they weren't together yet by any means. They were still looking extremely shaky, but now they're coming out, they're playing very physically, they're scoring a lot of goals, which other teams aren't really doing. Uh, it's yeah, kind of, it's it's definitely 
their kind of distinct advantage is something they seem to do better than anyone else. And they I mean, bring a physicality I, I, as well, actually, that should be do. said. I think if you can find one or two things that you do better than almost any other team, that can carry you a long way. Like, if you can c- control the pace of the match then and just, like, force it into those situations, it gives you a way to win. And, yeah. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before they figure it out, really, and they start rising up through the ranks again. Leinster could certainly be a much more interesting affair. I think if you kind of had said at the start of the championship, and I'm pretty sure we did, we said it'd be some. It, we said it would be some permutation of Galway, Kilkenny, Wexford, really in the top three. Certainly, at times, is maybe a closer run thing than we would have expected. But really, like that's the way it's kind of ended up. I fully expect Dublin next year to kind of turn that on its head somewhat, and definitely uh, make things a lot more interesting. I think in Leinster. I think Leinster of all of the two provinces really has kind of been the most most predictable at times. Really, I think you know Dublin coming on the up on the rise up should definitely make things a lot more interesting. Galway, I think anyway, you know, looking forward for them. They were well on top, uh, even despite this being a close game. I think you contributed to really. They didn't have to put as much into this one. I think really it was a rest for a lot of their players. I think yeah, once once they've had a few weeks off, they'll come storming back in the Leinster final, and they're still very much the team to beat. Yeah, I don't think I'd have any worries about Galway really. I think it's gone from strength to strength. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's really anything much more to say really. Galway are looking well, and you know what, Dublin are too. They've gone from yeah. being totally rudderless really to now a team that other teams don't really want to play because they'll beat you up a bit. And that rudder, that rudder's name is Pat Gilroy. I'm not sure if the jokes work anymore because he has made a really positive difference. Yeah. It was fine yeah. during the league when they were shambles, but uh, I don't know now. In retrospect, my comments will have aged very badly. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 act- I'm actually looking at our bold predictions from earlier in the year. Uh, I think back in the league you made the prediction that Dublin will be relegated from Leinster. That was very naive of me, wasn't it? A little bit. <laughs> Given my old faithful stalwart of Offaly could always take a tumble. You you kind of hedged your bets, though, because you also had that one with Offaly are going to eat Kevin Martin alive and this year is going to be disastrous, so... Ah, uh, yeah. They balance out overall. The latter half of that is definitely true. Whether or not Kevin Martin's in trouble, I don't think so yet, but you never know. Mm. You won't rule it out, because actually, um, yeah, yeah, we didn't get into it going through the general state of the... Ireland, but we've had our first manager casualty as well over the last week, where Eamon Kelly of Leash has stepped down after two years in charge. And, you know, he was a former Offaly manager too, I think, before he went on to Leash. So, <laughs> first management casualty of 2018. What does that say about Eamon Kelly that he's been to two teams? Uh, they've all, they've both taken a dive in their, uh, dive in their performance. <laughs> I choose to believe he's just been very unlucky. Yeah, that, that could, that could be it, all right. Yeah. Yeah, two questions, though, come out of this. One, can a new manager make a difference in Leash, or are they just going to kind of continue to spin their wheels like they have been? Hmm. I would say that a new manager overall would probably get them a bit more organized, which is probably no harm. Uh, I, th- I think, though, unless... I think really fundamentally the problem is maybe the lack of depth in their panel uh, um, as it currently stands. I think that's maybe something that... I'm not sure a new manager is really going to fix. I think that's maybe an issue. Maybe that's an issue in the in leash itself. Yeah, I think really they're probably a county that need more clubs and more funding, and uh, maybe to do a little less well in the football this year, they're into the Leicester final. That's probably not going to help the hurling interest. So, no, but I mean, you don't have to be you know a hurling predictions website to guess how they're going to get on in the Leinster final. Well, you know, it's just nice having the day out, isn't it? 
that's it. Well, I suppose that's what you'd say if you're Leash playing Dublin. <laughs> I suppose the second question then, apart from do you think new manager can make a difference, who else do you think could be at risk of being gone soon in terms of managers? Oh, oh, I know this one. I know this one. Michael Ryan. <laughs> Michael Ryan, um, there, there will be a temporary lynch mob, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he won't see the remaining two years of his contract. Yeah, I've heard... Over the last week, mixed things about that. I've seen like occasional like kind of notes of confidence or whatever from the county board or from players or things like that. But then I've also seen some very, very, very harsh opinion articles and maybe like, as you say, tip fan reactions. I haven't seen any organized lynches yet, but I'm sure some of them wouldn't mind the idea. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking shaky enough. May, uh, like, I think relatively shaky ground. Now, I said, like, he was interviewed after the match and he basically said, uh, I'm not, we're not going to make any decisions, you know, just, just after this match or, you know, it takes some time called once things have kind of faded away. Yeah, usually this kind of thing happen, these things happen, you know, usually it's quite, it's quite soon after the event itself. So he may just hang on in there. Yeah, very interesting. Definitely a, a bit of a... I don't know, I, they might give him one... I, I felt actually a little bit... Might get into it later when we get into the you know how Tip were knocked out and everything, but I feel like Tip have almost had a pretty similar path as Clare since their All-Ireland. Like Clare 2013, win the All-Ireland 2014, still looking good in the league, and then towards the tail end of the league, through to the championship, starts yeah. getting shakier. And, you know, they lost a close game in the championship and still went out earlier than expected. And then 2015... Just total disaster year. Nothing went right. Yeah. And I feel like that's generally been how it's, you know, for Tip as well. 2016, win the All-Ireland. 2017, good start to the league, fall apart towards the end of it. Then kind of shaky yeah. All-Ireland, you know, maybe putting some good performances, but didn't get as far as they wanted. And then this year, disaster. 2016 was the last year that people in Clare put up with Davey. So we'll see if they give Michael Ryan one more year, but then that's it. That's it, yeah. Michael Ryan doesn't mouth off as much as Davy though. That's he does not. Week. He doesn't rile people up quite the same way. And I suppose, speaking of Davy, I suppose the next match to talk about is Kilkenny and Wexford. So this one to decide who would be joining Galway in... Well, uh, you know, okay, being honest, this one to decide who goes to the quarterfinal by losing to Galway and who goes yeah. to the quarterfinal by winning against one of the Joe McDonough finalists. Yeah, that's but, pretty uh, much it. this one, Kilkenny 22 points, Wexford 118 in Nolan Park. Another very, very close game between these two, uh, which has been a bit of a trend. But A good first half, um, so I'm told. Well, yeah, we didn't get to see all of the first half, which I'm still annoyed about. I'm going to take this opportunity to call out Sky and tell them, Boo, you suck. Mm. Uh, no one wants to see Tyrone versus me the extra time. No. No one. Not one Liter- Literally not one person ever wants and, to see that. And your non-apology apology basically saying that the GA sets the game times for not showing the first half of the Kilkenny-Wexford match is not acceptable. You were, televi- you were screening the same thing on both main event and arena. Surely you could have split it up between one or the other. It's just not rocket science. I mean, you have two channels showing the same thing. But anyway, yeah, this one, uh, Wexford, they kind of broke our hearts. They carved out a superb lead in the first half. Kilkenny were shaky. Even TJ Reid was scoring all his frees. They looked yeah. way off. Very vulnerable. Wexford were all over the pitch, really, really playing well. And then the second half, it just fell apart and Kilkenny eventually took the lead, got ahead. And I have to say, while I was watching this, I was really frustrated and really ang- angry with Wexford. Just sickened that they couldn't hold it together. 
But yeah. really, after rewatching bits of this and rewatching the highlights and everything, really, it was just they they gave every like they were running all over the first half. This was their fourth match in four weeks, and they were playing away. To do as well as they did actually was very impressive. If the scores had happened in different order, we'd be saying great effort by Wexford, like to mm. put it up to them in Nolan Park and everything. But it was just yeah, the second half there was just they had no more energy. They couldn't keep playing the way that they liked to play. Uh, they just had to kind of send up long balls, which much better suits Kilkenny than suits Wexford. Like, that that was what Kilkenny needed to get back into the game, was just all these kind of long 50-50 balls. Balls that they knew they couldn't win. Like, that they just yeah. kept on sending up there with the same result every time. But they time. just didn't have the energy to keep, like, running up with all these short passes and, you know, the whole team running. They just couldn't manage mm. it. You'd see points where, like, you just started seeing, like, some players in second half, they might stumble or something when changing direction, and they just take that half second longer to kind of get back up and readjust and things. Yeah. They just really had nothing else. I think they were just very unlucky. If if it was the other way around, where it was Kilkenny playing four in a row, and maybe, you know, and if this was Wexford's first week back after a week off, I think it would have been a totally different match. Especially yeah. given how sh- just how shaky Kilkenny were in the first half. Yeah, I think, I think look, Kilkenny did one of their I suppose well-known second half comebacks. Definitely, whatever problems were were with TJ Reid were kind of worked out. They really, <laughs> they really work. rallied. They had four substitutions at the start of the second half. So Brian Cody, I suppose that admirable thing of well, if you're not performing, then you're you're taken out of the game, and someone else is going to be given given a chance to prove themselves. And really, that seemed to really work well for them. Wexford, I think. Wides actually were a problem with both teams, but Wexford in that second every half week, every week was just every week. Painful. Wides have been an issue for Wexford, and it's definitely something that needs addressing. And we've said it. You know, I almost forgot to say it there, really, just because it's. I'm kind of assuming it now until they start proving otherwise. Yeah. It, it it really it's like you know they have the fitness, they have the physicality. It, it is just a case of they just cannot shoot as accurately as one might like. And really, that's something that they need to work on because it's going to hurt them. Like, looking forward for Wexford, I think, still a great team. When they've had a few weeks off and they come back, they could absolutely shock some other teams. They're not going to have the same crazy schedule from here on out now. And I think they could go very far into this year's championship when they have a bit of time to recover. But they'll need to either do one of the three of either getting more accurate on their range shooting, they either need to score more goals or they either need to become more dominant on possession so that the accuracy doesn't matter as much because it's just killing them uh, in so yeah. many matches. Or they're just having matches that they should, you know, beat the other team out the gate with and they just, it ends up being too close and you just risk having games like this where they just can't hold on in the end. I suppose for Kilkenny it's a case of mm, not great, not a great first half, probably things to worry about there. Considering they were playing a team that had played four weeks in a row, considering mm. that they were playing at home, considering that this was after a week off, they were fresh. It wasn't to only win by a single point very late in the game. It mm. doesn't inspire confidence that they can beat Galway. No, I I, I would say that it's nearly a certain thing that it's Kilkenny are going to be into a quarter final. Weirdly, in this one, I think the winning team, I'm, I'm less confident in going forward than the loser because we did see, you know, it was a very good second half. But in fairness, Wexford were just kind of playing into the style that they liked to play because they yeah. they had to. The first half, when they weren't setting the pace themselves, like so many players were off, we were still being reminded that like Kilkenny found a good few solutions to some of their issues in the league, but they still have more and they still have more positions that aren't at their best. And we just saw as well 
we saw in the second half how TJ Reed can carry this team, but we saw in the first how when he's not firing on all cylinders, they can really, really struggle. Mm. Like, they are so dependent on him. And it's something we've highlighted before. And just, like, they're one off day or one injury or whatever from just collapsing totally. I think the one thing I would say just before leaving this, I think, is um, I'm not sure if you caught it, but Davey was interviewed not not quite soon after the match. I don't think he gave an interview to the Sunday game or anything, but he was interviewed and he was asked what he thought. And he, in typical Davey fashion, was giving out about the uh, match officials. They were against him. They were against him. And I won't go into it now. But, and then launched into a huge trade against the match <laughs> officials and that decisions had gone his way against him and that they wouldn't have gone against him if he was someone else. And it's that kind of sideshow that usually, like, you you know, classic Davy behavior. Maybe something you didn't hear so much of, but yeah, just a little bit of that creeping in. I, I think it does a disservice to the Wexford players, really, to be honest about that. Just, a, just an interesting thing to kind of point out. I don't know. I suppose on, on the other hand, though, as well, you could argue it kind of distracts from the players and distra- distracts a bit from their shortcomings because people just focus in on Davy or whatever. He maybe takes some of the pressure off them, mm. which, you know, could be good just going forward now. They'll have a few weeks off. They don't need to start overthinking things. They just need to get back, you know, get a bit of recovery and then get back into training. Yeah, I, I expect both these teams to get into the quarterfinals. I don't know which, if either, will progress beyond that stage. But I, currently, I feel like Wexford have a better chance of going further. But it really depends, obviously, on those things, like who they're playing and everything else. But, uh, mm. Yeah, it was a win for Kilkenny, but I'm not convinced by them. And to, we'll say, the lower division, but not certainly the worst division, Joe McDonough. Certainly not the worst. It's been This was the final round of the Joe McDonough round, Robin, and again, just to emphasize, this is a really good competition in terms of competitiveness within its own tier. Like, it's the perfect level for all these teams. There's even, I, I saw an interview just today with the Kerry manager, and he was kind of saying, like, even though Kerry were totally safe, they finished third, they were just saying, like, no, they don't want anyone getting relegated. They don't want this going down to only five teams because they love how many matches they've been getting, and they're just like, they feel like it's improving the team. Yeah. Because it's, it's all just really similar, really close between all the teams, uh, ultra competitive. I think for all of these teams as well, they're, they're definitely too good for anyone below them, but they're not quite there in terms of taking on teams in Leinster and Munster. So it is really good for them just to get that extra experience. Yeah. I, I, I obviously didn't see the game because they're obviously not televised. Yeah. One of our, one of our favorite bugbears. But really, how did it unfold? Like, I mean, with Antrim, like Antrim have kind of been the nearly but not quite there for so long, really, in their league and in the Joe McDonough as well. It seems like things have just gone against them. Yeah, um, and it's it's continued that way with this. They finished 120 to 221. Kerry win this by four points. As I said, they obviously felt they were getting better match on match, which kind of shows, because they did get off to a slow start. I think they lost their opening game, but then pulled yeah. through into third place. Whereas then Antrim... Started great. Started on top of the table. Looked competitive in every match. The only match they lost, they lost by a point. And in this one, after 20 minutes, we're leading by 10, but just let it slip away from them. Yeah. And the second half, the lead changed quite a few times. Kerry pulled ahead around the 15-minute mark, and Antrim did get it level, you know, in injury time and everything, but they never got back in the lead after that point. Kerry just hung on. Very close, very exciting game, but it means Antrim, instead of qualifying 
for the final, which in the end they couldn't have done anyway because Carla won. Mm. But uh, instead of that, they now find themselves in a relegation playoff against the Christy Ring winners. So definitely not how they wanted to finish things out after such a no, promising certainly start. not. Definitely something they'll um, give them their luck. Like, that could really go anyway for, for Antrim. Kerry, I, Kerry, I suppose, going forward, looks positive. I suppose, like, you know, middle of the table. They're not really, you know, they're not yeah, in relegation. They, they had a bit of a few years ago. They were obviously you know improving lots. They got into one B and they held their own within that uh, for a little while before getting relegated last year. Mm. And uh, this year it seems like they've steadied the ship a good bit. Now they haven't reached the final in Division Two A. They haven't reached the final here, but they've looked competitive. They look like they could be one of the ones who will be trying to get at the final next year in both competitions. And you know certainly one of the ones that if a few things had gone slightly differently, they easily could have. But yeah, I think this match anyway for. If you're looking for something to compare to, it did, it does seem like it went a little bit like the Clare versus Tip one, uh, which we'll get into later, where it was just a big early lead, just slowly over time chipped away by kind of excessive freeze and a few well-timed go- goals as well. Yeah. I think really both actually probably feel a bit hard done by, because they can both point to a couple of matches each where they could have won it and they didn't, and that would have been the difference between them making the final or not. Like, I think, obviously, for Antrim, this is one of the ones that they'll feel that they should have won. But then the match against Leash, too, uh, where they only lost by a point. And really, Leash have not been on form. No, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a serial problem with Antrim at this stage. And then for Kerry, I think, both the eventual finalists, they lost to very closely. So, I think they know that they're good enough, Kerry, but uh, just need something else to get over the line. Yeah. The next match, I suppose, that we're going to talk about, Carlo and Wes Meads. So, Carlo... 321, that's 30 points. To Westmead's 121, that's 24 points. So a six-point win for Carlo. Um, certainly a, a definitive win, really, in Carlo's case. So, yeah, very important win for Carlo. Uh, guaranteed them a place in the final. Either a win or a draw would have done, but uh, they made it a fairly definite win in the end. Though, interestingly, again, you just see the final score, you'd think Carlo won this heavily, uh, which they also did in the mm. final of, the, of Division 2 in the league this year. you think Carlo... Oh, it'd be heavy favourites going to final. But actually, if you look at how the scoring went down, with only five minutes left of regular time, Westmead were still in the lead. Carlo just went on a really impressive scoring run right at the end to secure this. Yeah. The final will be a replay of this match, obviously, in uh, Crow Park instead of a home match for Carlo. But uh, I think it could be a lot closer than we've seen in this. But definitely Carlo have left their mark here and kind of asserted dominance a bit over Westmead. So it should be an interesting one, all right. I so they get to relive this again and whether it's Westmead can pick up the pace and, you know, really learn from, from their last match. It definitely should be an interesting one for Carlo, I suppose. Look, I suppose very positive, very positive looking for them and they certainly should be confident they might, they, they could take Westmead again. Westmead probably... Mm, they're going to have to pull out a lot of stops, I yeah. suppose, going into their final, in, into the final. Yeah, but I mean, for both teams, they both won four out of five. It is worrying for Westmeath because it, I think Carlo have kind of established that they're a bit of a problem team for Westmeath. Like Westmeath are able to beat everyone else, but Carlo just always give them a bit of trouble. Uh, it seems like kind of like Antrim losing to Leash, even though Antrim have been better against everyone else. They always yeah. have to struggle against them. It seems that way with Carlo and Westmeath. At the same time, really. I think looking forward for both teams, same situation. Both of them have maybe very few clubs, very little hurling history in the counties. They've both improved year on year for quite a while now. And now they both get to continue on and play in the All-Ireland series. Like their season isn't done here like it is for everyone else in the Joe McDonough. They keep to play on. Yeah. 
getting play on, and now the winner of the final gets to go into Leinster next year, which long shot that either of them will be able to stay up in there, because the other yeah. four teams are all very strong at this stage. But it's it's a good reward. Uh, I, you know, I think it's nice for them, really, to be up there and deserving. And I, I just like the fact that they can get promoted now. They're not considered B teams or secondary teams or whatever. Like it, I, I think it's just good that they now get rewarded for all the work they put in, because I think they're fully deserving. Yeah. I think whoever wins, I think it'll be great. It'll be a great opportunity. Look, I, I would agree with you. <laughs> whether whether they're going to keep that spot, whether they're going to remain there is another thing. But look, yeah. I think it'll be a good experience for them. And as well, I think for the losing team, I think most people have assumed Offaly, who got relegated from Leinster, they'll just be right back again the year after. I think either Carlo or Westmeath could give them a run for their money. I don't think they'll mm. necessarily be, be worse than Offaly unless Offaly can turn it around soon. I, I think they could easily beat them in a final or in a round-robin game. So we'll see yet whether uh, it's it's going to be as easy as that. Yeah, I think while while lots of people haven't been looking and while these matches haven't been televised, a lot of these teams, you know, as we said earlier, Antrim, Kerry, Carlo, Westmeath, they've all been improving over the last years, and I think maybe they've gotten a they're they're still maybe far below the standard of Munster or most of Leinster, but they're a lot better than they used to be. So I suppose speaking of teams that used to be a lot better, you know, were a lot better than they used to be, um, the final match in the Joe McDonough, Mead versus Leash, which. I mean, we will probably only quickly touch on this purely because it's Leash, and I have a huge distaste for Leash. But Leash won, as they often do in their relegation matches, fairly conclusively with a scoreline of fourteen points to Mead to three goals and twenty-three points. So there's thirty-two points in total. Not Leash. not an official relegation match, but had Mead won, Leash would have been automatically mm. relegated. So yeah, if if Antrim had one instead of Kerry or Vantrum had drawn, this would have also meant Leash were in a relegation promotion playoff match. So it was a must-win for Leash, and they certainly did that. You might have thought, or, you know, from us saying earlier about their manager leaving, like they were in real trouble, but no. As as we know, Leash always, in life-or-death situation, that's when they finally remember how to play. And also Ross King was back. He was not healthy in the last match. So really, no no problems there. I think Meath were the one team that were below the standard the rest of the Joe McDonough this year. They... We're good. Maybe last year and the year before they had made some big improvements, but I think they've kind of run out of steam now officially. Yeah. And really, after even a few weeks in a row, it looked like they were slowly rising towards the standard, just from experience, but absolutely hammered in this one. Terrible ending, yeah. really, for them after they kind of showed a lot more heart in the previous few games. And for Leash, uh, you know, they're not going really far that far. They're not going that far anyway. It's not been a good year for them. Yeah, I think even even though they finished ahead of Antrim, that was only due to the head-to-head. I think they're something like 19 points behind them on scoring margin alone. Mm. So Yeah, Leash, I'm, I'm just frustrated with them because it's like they don't even try until they're in a relegation situation. I feel like they could play be playing better than they actually are. I think with some organization and maybe more training, they could be... Not, you know, a world beater by any means, but they could certainly be doing better than they have been. And I think they've just had a persistent attitude problem for a while now, it looks like. And I do think they they will, you know, me, we saw run out of steam here and they kind of, you know, they ended up relegated. I think Leash could be next year. How, how long more can they keep doing this, really? You look at Division 1B next year, that's going to have Dublin, who have gotten much better. It's going to have Waterford, who I'm assuming once players aren't all injured, will be much better. And it's going to have Galway, who are probably the best team in the country. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have Carlo, who've improved a lot and who hammered Leash in this in this competition. And then it also has Offaly, who 
while not a great team, also usually beat Leash most of the time. I don't think they'll be able to stay up unless they can make some improvements over the winter. And uh, then, yeah, going back into next year's Joe McDonough, again, like, Meath will be gone, it'll be down to five teams, one of whom now as well will be off leave. They're going to run out of teams they can beat soon enough if they don't turn things around. Definitely a lot more work for them to do. There you go. There you have it. And I suppose, speaking of teams that ran out of steam, our next match is kind of very much the case of that. Limerick versus Waterford. Two goals and 26 points to Limerick. It's 32 points in total. To one goal and 16 points. And that's 19 in total. So Waterford pretty much conclusively hammered here really 13 point margin I'm, I'm just going to call it and say Waterford are cursed this year um, mm. I don't know who cursed them or why but they are cursed the number of injuries going into this and before literally the day before this match I read an article talking about like even though they had all the injuries they still have players like Shane Fives and how you know he's a brilliant person that you can bring on as a sub and you know really that they can start him now and yeah he does so much of the work with you know Tiger Burke and not there and he got injured five minutes into this. <laughs> and if you look at the scoring margin after the five-minute mark, you know, after after he gets uh, subbed off, that's when Limerick just go on their massive scoring run and Waterford can just do nothing about it. Limerick just got up to about that 13-point margin and they just held it for the rest of the game. Yeah. Very, very little really to say about this one. It's just total domination for Limerick. There's a reason Waterford is bottom of the bottom of the table, really, at this stage. Very, very unlucky injuries and... Yeah, also going into the curse, uh, one of the Limerick goals as well was just Waterford Keeper O'Keefe's, a.k.a. Saki. He fumbled the ball, dropped it into the net. He made some amazing saves later in the match, which I suppose balanced oh. it out. Like, they just had such bad luck. I suppose, you know, Limerick really, the only thing going against them was that Aaron Glenn was still bended from his red card in the last game. But they were just able to bring in Shane Dowling, who up until this year really was probably one of their best players. It's kind of funny to, to see him that he's no longer starting regularly because for years he was just kind of propping them up mm. but uh he put on a great performance in this one actually 15 points in total 13 from threes so that's amazing isn't it yeah i suppose he shows what he can do when he's a bit fresher now when he's not having to mm. hold everyone else up it's probably very probably a nice relaxing holiday really after years of playing on a limerick team that was kind of declining now just to have all the support all these great players around him again and it's probably good for all those other players really to have him as a bit of a bit more of a veteran presence for such a young team so, yeah, yeah. for Limerick anyway, looking forward, they're through to the knockout stages. Very, very good chance that they will reach the final. I think even if they you know, lose to Clare, there's still a possibility for them to get into it. They've gone unbeaten so far in this competition. They came promotion league. It's been a great year for them. This was a bit of a routine win, but yeah, I think looking forward, they're, they've definitely uh, become a lot of people's second favourites after Galway to win the All-Ireland outright this year, so very interesting for them. We'll just have to wait and see. Gone, gone from strength to strength, really, and Waterford, it's a case of, well, maybe next year will be better. Yeah, Waterford are now eliminated following this match. There's no way that they can now progress beyond Munster. They still have one more match to play, which I think some people are optimistic. They're just going to give kind of one last out, maybe a bit like how Dublin did, just throw everything at the last match, but really... I think they've already... Th I think the problem is they threw too much into this year and they just overtrained, and that's probably the source of a lot of the injuries, um, mm. eliminating the possibility of curses. And yeah, I, th I think really their their attempt to give it one last go was their match against Tip that they drew, which they were unlucky to draw, and we went through it last week. They shouldn't have, really, uh, with the whole phantom goal and everything. But I, I don't think they'll be able to throw everything into their last match. I think four weeks in a row when you're already nursing so many injuries... Uh, just won't work. I think on the on the Sunday yeah. game, they actually gave 
this graphic when it was showing all their starting players in the All-Ireland Final last year and all their starting players in this Limerick match. And six players were just missing between those two dates. And one of them who wasn't missing was Shane Fives, who obviously was injured for most of that match too. So it brings you up to half of their outfield players missing from last year's final. They're just insanely, insanely unlucky, and I hate seeing Derek McGrath go out this way. Yeah, it's not not a good way to work, really. It's not a good look. On to kind of my more happier results. Tipperary versus Clare. One goal and 21 points to tip. One goal and 23 points. So 24 points to tip, 26 points to Clare. An away win for Clare. And that's kind of really conclusively decided that tip are out of Munster. It was, it was a great day out for both of us. Mm. Um, though I will say... It was one of those matches that was great in retrospect. I think yeah, for definitely. about the first hour, I was spending a lot of time with my head in my hands and going, oh God, what are they doing? I was getting flashbacks to the quarterfinal last year where Claire missed a ton of easy shots and just couldn't get it together. I think really it was summed up. There was this elf who was sitting next to me in the match and he just turned to me when it was about five minutes left and Claire were finally picking it up and he just said like, I think I'm going to start following soccer instead. This is just too much. This is excitement. Mm. It's just too much. And that, re- that just, that sums it up. It was a crazy match. Tipperary just came out to massive lead early on. Opening 20 minutes was a disaster for Claire. I don't know if they were nervous or what, or if Tip were just really like out to get them put the way put away the game early after having so many bad first halves. Yeah, Tip were just scoring at will. They were forcing turnovers from Claire. After 23 minutes, Claire were losing by nine points, and it was just looking bad. Yeah, you couldn't see really how they were going to come back with this. It was a case of, oh, for, you know, you're like, ah, for fuck's sake, gone this far, and now we're, you know, we're being hammered and thrillless, and it's just like, oh, God, I know they're capable of better than this. That's yeah. kind of the real mindset at that point. And really, though we've seen Claire go on a lot of good scoring runs at various points in this championship, mm. and that's kind of what the... It wasn't really the case in this one. Basically, really, it was just kind of slow and steady and methodical, and they just got themselves back together. They kind of calmed down. And, you know, it's been obvious. It's been talked about loads at this stage. Tip's weakness are their backs, are their fullbacks. So Claire just kept hitting it up forward, and Tip's fullbacks really couldn't do anything other than foul. Yeah. Uh, Like, Claire, they weren't getting the goals that you would think would be what was needed to get them back on track to get the score quickly. But... Because they were at least putting in, in, you know, putting Tip at risk of conceding a goal if they didn't do something about it. Tip just kept fouling. Claire kept getting the freeze, and Peter Duggan kept putting them over. Didn't miss a single one each day, all day. From a free taking point of view, he had a fantastic match. Like he really did what was required of him, just like with precision, just everything sent over the bar. In the in during play, there were times I mean, I think second half he kinda of corrected this, but I think the first half a lot of time as well, he did look a bit sluggish now beginning play from play, but he was there to score freeze and he absolutely did that. Mm. Yeah, by by half time Claire were only down by four, which was much, much more manageable. Then yeah, getting into the second half, Claire made a few substitutions, but Collins was brought on, who proved to be extremely important, ended up scoring very, three from play. Very important. Uh, later towards the end, they brought on Ian Galvin, and for most of the second half still, like, Claire, they were doing well, they were definitely doing better, and Tip were starting to fade, the four weeks in a row was starting to take its impact. They reduced they it to three points, yeah. they reduced it to three points, and then I kind of thought, oh, they have them, and then it went back, Tip got a, you know, you know, expanded that back up to five points, and at that stage, I kind of thought, it's done. Yeah. Like, Claire, over. Claire were doing well, but they just couldn't make a dent on the score. It just kept hovering around that three, mm. four, five point margin. And then with just minutes left, regular time, Tip took a shot at goal 
which hit the post. Yeah. They recovered it. Shane Mori. Another sub actually fired it up, gathered by Podge Collins, set up Ian Galvin, and just beautiful counterattack goal. Claire went from being, you know, in, instead of possibly going down by seven, Claire were now down by only one. Mm. And yeah, the last 10, 15 minutes, uh, including injury time, Claire outscored Tip 1-6 to two points. Tip's fatigue just finally caught up with them. Claire just finally found that scoring run that they couldn't put together the whole match. And they went from being down, coming into injury time, to winning the match by two points. And it was great. Dogan and Conlon both contributed to two very important um, two very important points. Podge Collins was crucial in setting up the goal in the first place and scored three points himself. And Ian Galvin, obviously, as a substitution, came and scored that goal just at, r- just at the right time. Certainly with substitutions, definitely a lot smarter with the substitutions. They definitely yeah. made more of an impact and definitely had the desired effect. Not a, Definitely not a flawless match by any measure. I think there was a good measure of nerves there. But I think the important thing is, I suppose, the persistence that was shown, that the kind of do-or-die attitude... Which is something that somewhat failed them, maybe, if you look at the matches against Cork. Mm. You know, maybe... Well, I don't know if you can call it failing in the league match where Claire got knocked out because that did go as long as it could. But just, you know, even at the very end, maybe to there were times yeah. when they were leading and they just let Limerick back into it. And it was just good to see Claire finally kind of pull ahead in dying minutes like this. Um, some definite echoes actually of the league final two years ago. Mm. It's just they kind of snuck in at the end. And actually, as well, some echoes really. It was, it was kind of like what Tip had been doing the last few days games Claire actually came in and did better than them where they just had a terrible first half and then right of the ship clawed their way back got on scoring one run when they had to but instead of drawing like Tip had Claire managed to get the actual win and I have to say it was mentioned quite a bit like there was a there was a sizable Claire crowd at the match and that really kind of got an atmosphere going I think only about 21,000 at the match but mm. I think a lot of that was due to absence of Tip fans not Claire ones uh, which I was very mm. surprised for for what was a home game for Tip, but very pleased about really given last year, like all the stuff about no Clare fans showing up to the Munster final and so on. Like yeah. I think it was just us. I think it was just us and our friends, and then it was like thousands and thousands of Cork fans. That was about it. But uh, yeah, yeah and the, in this this one now, there was a proper genuine support, and actually something I think that's been good about. I'll, I'll talk about it a bit more later, maybe. But something that's been good about this new format, it's allowed, it's given teams time to build up a bit of hype if they're going well. Hmm. And certainly, I think um, going into their next match again, like I'd expect being at a home game, like I'd expect a big crowd. But like you know, the fact that they they've knocked Tip out is a, it's a big notch in their belt. The atmosphere of the match itself is great. I think really they kind of I think it's a big psychological boost for the Clare players. I think going forward, it's a big scalp to take and first um, hurling championship win in what uh, you know beating Tip. In, in, Sample, in in 90, 90 yeah. years. I do find that I've seen that stat thrown around a bit too mm. much, I think, because I think you have to add so many qualifiers before you can say that in 90 years. You know, it's yeah. If, if you're going last time, they beat Tip. Well, that was earlier this year. They beat them in the league. Yeah, but in the in the All Ireland ones last time they win, then you have to go back maybe a few years for that. And so, yeah, so, yeah and when's, I think when's the last time they beat them in, in Thurlis? And it's like, well, that was, you know, 2014 in the league. And so mm. they push it back to the championship. And then you combine everything and eventually you get that long figure. But, it was, but it was still a definite, there was, I think the crowd reaction and the team reaction when the final whistle was blown, it definitely took me by surprise. There was a bit more in this than I think even I had realized what mm. during the match, but he just really felt it in the stadium and everything. There was something special about this win, and I think maybe a bit more belief coming back to Claire for the first time in a while. Their last win over tape 
in in the championship in 15 years which is um, you know it is significant I suppose if we're to direct the conversation towards tip, just really a poor year overall for them, uh, you know, just never quite set. I think everyone's kind of sick to death to hearing this. Just never seemed to quite settle on their team. Just seemed to pull out some weird performances in the championship, like reliant on like last minute surges to put away to try and get two draws in a row, really, and a loss to Limerick. Really was not like what I'd say what you'd require to kind of build momentum um and certainly i suppose from their league campaign from the end of their league campaign to the championship they really have kind of failed to get started really i think tip they had all the same issues last year and they just totally failed to make any improvements because i think last year their semi-final performance made a lot of people forgot about how shaky they were earlier in the year I yeah. mentioned a lot. I won't let people forget so easily. They obviously lost their opening match in Munster last year. They very nearly failed to beat Westmeath, except for a very late push in that match. Then they got maybe a couple of easier draws, and kind of, you know they they were they beat Clare, but Clare were playing terribly in that match. Clare got tons of wides, and Tip kind of beat them just by playing badly themselves. And only then in the semi final did they finally play well. But you look at it this year, the new format. It does not give you the time to rebuild with easy matches. If you're not consistent from the start, you're gone. That's just what happened. They just, they never managed to pick up a win. They did get a couple of draws, but they just couldn't get, they just couldn't get going. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, maybe they would have been good if they'd clung on. Maybe they would have been good by July or by August, but we won't find that out. They didn't fix the issues that they had right now. Hmm. And really looking forward for next year, because they're going to, you know, it's not like Waterford, they get one more game at least to kind of go out and see what they can do. They, that was the last match of the year. And to be fair to them, it was the best performance they've given. Oh, the it was by far. Easily. But the fact that it was also a match that they lost shows that that's not good enough. Exactly. It's been said so much already, but they need to find a reliable starting keeper and stick with them. And they need to find a reliable starting backline and stick with them. And yeah. You know what, I don't even know if they need to find like the perfect ones, but they need to just keep playing them and keep playing them in the same position so that they build experience and get better that way. Because I think maybe they've just been too panicky almost with, with their inability to find something consistent and they haven't given players the chance to get bedded in and figure things out. I think I think for Claire going forward, and we'll talk about it in more detail, but um, I think, look, it's positive. Um, it should be a very interesting next game for them against Limerick. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely been a bit of a build-up uh, in Clare, and I think definitely a lot of goodwill towards Clare. I think no matter what way their next match goes, I think I'm certain there will be a fairly significant attendance. I think the Clare people have kind of been somewhat excited by knocking out Tip. Yeah, I mean, we, I think within minutes of us getting home from Thurless, you messaged me just saying, like, you just seen on Twitter, next week's match is already sold out. The one yeah. between Clare and Limerick. Like, there's, hype has been built. 19,000 capacity in Cusack Park. Essentially, the, so the same amount of people that weren't for, for that tip Clare game will <laughs> but that try and fit into Cusack Park. I'm not sure how yeah. you're going to get 19,000 people in there, but. Get there I, early. Get there I for the minor match. Yeah, you'd want to be care. You'd want to be. Uh, you wouldn't want to be too precious about your personal space. That's no, that's all I'd say. Definitely not. Yeah, for Claire anyway. Next week it'll have a great atmosphere. It would be great to see them in Munster final again this year. But I think the key point is they've survived Munster with a game to spare. 
and surviving like my new business idea it needs to be like the some of those roller coasters or like water park mm. rides where they make the t-shirts after you've done where it's like i survived the whatever the ride name is there needs to be like i survived the monster senior hurling championship 2018 because it was yeah. so so close between all the teams even even waterford who were a shambles this year not necessarily their own fault but just had all those injuries even they managed to draw a game against Tip and poss- probably should have won a game. Like, there was very, very little between all the teams. So I think just surviving Munster is a great accomplishment. But on the other hand as well, if they do win next week and if they do end up in a in a Munster final against Cork, it's incredible to think, like, it's basically the same situation as, as last year where it's, it's like Cork will probably get through to the final and then the winner of Clare versus Limerick plays them. Mm. That was the same thing as last year and no one gave a damn. Cork had loads of hype because they had had their great matches against Tip and Waterford, but Limerick and Clare, people just felt like, okay, they're just the people that, like, they got the easy draw in, they, you know, don't really deserve to be in the final. This year, whoever wins it, they have, you know, everyone thinks they absolutely deserve to be there because every team has had matches, they all have their own story, they all have their own hype, just, you know, it's so much better. I love this new format. I think this has been, you know, at at the risk of being, like, hyperbolic, and obviously, you know, there have been decades of them before I was born, so I'll never know, but it has to be one Mm. of the best Munster Championships ever. There have been so much drama, so many great matches. Nervous as hell. Nerve-wracking if you have a team Mm. in it. You know, I think I found Leinster much more relaxing to watch, but uh, absolutely great stuff. Already, I think, looking forward to next year's championship. Yeah, less of uh, happy coincidences and lucky draws, and more just... You know, honest to goodness. Best teams um, getting through. Exactly. Great matches. So, I suppose there are other competitions. And here are the results. So, in Christy Ring semi-finals, we had Kildare beating Derry, 318-213, and London beating Wicklow, 228-214. So, Christy Ring final will be Kildare versus London. Winner of that will go on to play Antrim to see if they can gain promotion to the Joe McDonough or not. In Laurie Maher round three, you had Fermanagh lose to Lancashire, 10 points to 119. Sligo lose to Cavan, 15 points to 415. Good win by Cavan. Mm. They've they've not been good at all, so that was impressive. But despite that, Sligo, due to their points, will be going through to the final against Lancashire. And then in Nicky Rackard relegation match, Louth beat Leitrim, sending Leitrim down to the Lorry Mayor. And Donegal beat Martin, 422-110. And Warwickshire beat Tyrone, 125-114. to They just can't put a foot wrong, can they? Keep that hype train rolling. Still That's unbeaten. It. Still unbeaten since the league final of last year. So, Warwickshire versus Donegal in the Nicky Rackard final. I, I sense a Take Your Data Points podcast field trip coming for that one. <laughs> And indeed, there will be, as we will be attending all three finals. We're going to do what the Sunday game isn't brave enough to do. And we're going to cover those lower tier championships. We're going to tell you about them. We're going to go out there. We're going to watch Warwickshire versus Donegal. We're going to watch Lancashire versus Sligo. We're going to watch Kildare versus London. We're going to see three teams from Britain take on three teams from Ireland. None of them will be particularly good. But <laughs> we will we will go out and see... How much less good they are. Yeah. How how more impressive it was on paper to be talking about these teams and less impressive in real life. Yeah. But, you know, we might get bad defences and that'll lead to lots of goals. So that yeah. could be fun. Well, one can hope. And I will um, say as well, this will be the first time I think in a long time Warwickshire will have been challenged. Johnny Gall, if you look through the computer ratings, obviously I have no idea. I haven't been following Johnny Gall hurling. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if even the Donegal Hurlers have been following it. I don't think they know they're in the team. 
But according mm. to the computer, they've had a similar trend over the last couple of years to Warwickshire. They've been getting a lot better over the last while. So it's going to be close. It might be the first time in a while, I think, that Pewter will give Warwickshire a significant disadvantage in their match. But uh, we'll see anyway. We'll, we'll be pre- previewing all that, I think, next week. So. Right. I suppose upcoming matches, matches that will take place in the future. Um, and I suppose the first match that will take place in the future, Waterford versus Cork in Thurless. Yeah. So Thurless, as we all know, is one of Waterford's many home grounds dotted around Munster. Uh, mm. That is much farther away for them than it is for the other Munster teams. And indeed is further away than other stadiums close to them, like Nolan Park. This is one of the last two games in Munster for this year. It... Re- it it should have been such an interesting game had Waterford not suffered all this misfortune. I just can't see Waterford winning this. I think it's basically Cork should uh, comfortably get through to the Munster final because, yeah, as, as I said earlier, I just don't know what else Waterford have in the tank at this stage. Waterford have been decimated. I'd love to see them give one brave last, you know, last stand type match, but... With who? With who? Like, even if they had all their starters, this would be their fourth fourth week in a row against a fresh Cork team. I, I just don't see it happening for them. I'm not sure how much there is to say about this one. Really, I think this is Cork Cork's to lose. Um, they're going to have to come out and have a disaster, really, for, any, for them not to get through. Or Waterford are just going to need to find some faith healer uh, to, to pull them through or something crazy. Cork, Cork are, my, are my pick to win this one. Yeah, I think Cork are my going to, going to be my pick as well. I, I think like look, Waterford have been decimated. There's not a whole pile to say. Like I think they'll throw whatever they have left into the game, but like I mean, I don't think what they have left is not going to be all that much. I think like Cork, uh, especially with their forward line, will probably devastate Waterford. I'm picturing probably a fair few goals and points to be scored. I I would say you could expect a similar result. A result similar, really, to Limerick and Waterford. Maybe even a bit worse. Yeah. I suppose the real question, anyway, isn't, you know, who's going to win this match, because I think almost certainly Cork, and even without that, they're getting through anyway. Minimum, Mm. they'll be third place, so they're getting through into the knockout stages. I think the real question is just how far Cork can get this year, because they've shown glimmers of last year, of their incredible run in Munster. You know, their match against Clare, obviously, they played great. Their first halves... Uh, against Limerick and, and Tipperary were superb. But they just, they've just they struggled to put it all together. I think Alan Cadogan's injury has been a big, big loss for them. I'm just curious if they can pick it up. I think if you're being optimistic, you'll say, like, last year they peaked too early in the year. This year they're aiming a bit later, and they will hit the ground running once they've had a few weeks off and once they hit the knockout stages. Yeah. If you're pessimistic, though, they just haven't had the same momentum. They've been a bit up and down the whole year. They haven't really gone on a big winning streak. You know, they haven't had that period of, you know, winning multiple times in a row all year, actually. Yeah, and I suppose they kind of had that, like, you know, they had their experience against Tip. I suppose they failed to capitalize on a 14-man Limerick. You know, there's things there that normally you would have said, like, well, look, that should see them comfortably kind of pull ahead in this and... They just that just didn't happen. It, they're an unusual one. It they'll either go one of two ways. Either they'll rock it down to the bottom or they'll rock it up, you know, yeah. and on and forward. Um, it's kind of hard to tell as to which yeah. way it's going to go. I I do still think Cork are good enough to beat anyone on a given day. Like mm. I think really any of the teams coming through Leinster and Munster are. But if you consider they're going to have to win three to four games in a row to win the All Ireland, you know, after this match is done, either they win. 
Monster Championship, win semi-final, win the All-Ireland, or win lose Monster Championship, but then win the preliminary round, quarter-final, semi-final, All-Ireland. Mm. Like, I don't know if they can put together that string at the moment. Maybe they can, but they're going to need to show us more than they have done so far. I think they're good for one or two games, and one or two games beating a better team, but I don't know if they can keep doing it every single time to win All-Ireland this year. Yeah, I, I think maybe there are some question marks. I suppose we'll just see... I suppose we'll just have to wait and see, really. But, um, yeah, definitely, I think if you were to go for, like, you know, they're, they're definitely not in the top two teams. I think Limerick definitely have earned that position. Mm. Cork, I think, just aren't consistent enough, really, at this stage to kind of claim that. Yeah. Pewter. Pewter. Ah, uh, no, poor Pewter. No one told Pewter about all the injuries. It gives Waterford a 63% chance to win. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. I'd like to see it be correct. You know, partially because that would give Clare a better chance to get through. But, mm. like, uh, it's it's not... Waterford do not have a 63% chance to win this. That is definitely over-ambitious for how they God, win. God, no. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. So, I was on to, from maybe a less competitive game, to something far more interesting. Clare versus Limerick in Cusick Park. The de facto semi-final. Though, as we said, like there are permutations where Limerick could lose this and still reach the final, but it's unlikely. You know, there it's really kind of. I think both teams need to look at this as a must-win if they want to reach the Munster final. Yeah, and yeah, this one's it's going to be a great atmosphere. As we said, like it sold, out, it was sold out last week, and you know, as as soon as Clare won that match against Tip, the hype just went through the roof. I think there's both of these teams have had the most. You know, what, actually, I, both these teams, it's the most hype they've had since 2013. I'd say. Easily, I think both. Yeah, definitely yeah, both. Um, because teams, that was both the teams year that have Limerick, kind of improved. That was the last year Limerick won Munster as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and they got through to a semi-final where they were knocked out um, by Clare. Obviously, you have the local rivalry. You've had both these teams knock one another out in you know in all Irelands and leagues a few years in a row now. You know, in at least one or the other, it's going to be a small stadium, packed capacity. Say a good balance of both teams, and hopefully, all in good fun. Given that both teams are safe to go through. It's, mm. you know, it's it. both will want to get to a Munster final, but the downside of losing isn't massive either, so it should hopefully just be good fun. I'm excited for this one. Both teams, I think, have improved a lot since last year. Limerick, definitely more so. They were coming from a lower start, I think, and have made yeah. massive, massive strides. And I think they are going to be most people's favourites going into this. Like, as, as a Clare fan, I'm still willing to admit, most people will have Limerick to win this. They've just been superb and they still they still haven't lost uh, oh, i'm thinking they're definitely the bookies favorite kind of yeah. going into this one actually uh, yeah they haven't lost in regular time this entire year mm. i think of it so <laughs> definitely definitely favorite but at the same time i wouldn't rule clear out at all in this and obviously because i'm biased i'm going to pick them as, as my team to win this week but like to make an argument that isn't just bias Home advantage is very strong for Clare relative to other teams. They win a lot more at home than other teams do relative to what you'd expect. Yeah. I think they will have huge fan support again. Limerick will too. It's only down the road. But, like, there will be a lot of fan support. And I think there will just be that extra bit of confidence after the win against Tip. I think Clare have a deeper palette panel than we realized earlier. I think it was there are a lot of comments during the league that they weren't experimenting much at all with lineups and so on but i think maybe that that's just showing now that it was a more established panel role than one that was lacking in good substitutes because obviously we found last week ian galvin being substituted on making a bit difference podge collins shana maury yeah 
really good uh, really good subs to bring on. And then also there is the thing we've mentioned a few times, the fatigue factor. As much as I love the new format, it is the one thing that needs addressing. They need to have more than a week between matches because teams are feeling the effects, especially like in second halves. We saw it with Tip and with Wexford last weekend. But this is Claire's second match in a row, but it will be Limerick's third in a row. So that might just get to them too. I think whatever happens anyway expectations are high that this is going to be a really good match and you know win or lose for both teams they're still getting through it's still looking like it could be a very good championship for either of them yeah i think it should be a really interesting game i'm hoping it's going to be a cracker i really hope it's going to be just a great match to watch i'm gonna go for claire Uh, no surprise there but i think yeah limerick are definitely going to be a serious challenge home game or no yeah aside from like everything we said already just looking at the past match as well like when they played in the league, that went to a shootout. So there's a there's a lot of optimism that this will be a good close game. But yeah, I'm going for Claire. You're going for Claire. And Pewter, after last week saying Tip were definitely going to win, they mm. it, it's like Computer has apologized to us because it's giving Claire a 71 percent chance to win. Uh, clearly trying to get back in her good books. But uh, we'll, we'll see, Peter. Yeah. We'll see. Pewter, I think, does uh, give that 70. A lot of that 71 percent is a combination of Limerick haven't. Their rating hasn't caught up to how good they are yet. They need more matches before that'll happen. Hmm. And also just players' home advantage, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I think that's about it anyway for this week. Only two matches in the upcoming weekend. Looking forward to going to the latter one. Interested to see the results of both. Should be a, should be a good one. If you have any opinions on anything that we said, if there's anyone that you, if there are any managers you think that should be fired, tweet us at tydatapoints. Unless it's your manager at work, you probably shouldn't put that out don't, in public. Don't do Don't that. write these things. You can complain in private, uh, out loud, but don't record it. Don't write it down. Mm. Uh, it'll be it'll be brought up with HR sooner or later. Yeah, and don't air your problems out on a hurling podcast. You know take them maybe discuss them with your own maybe discuss them with some fellow co-workers maybe yeah. work it out maybe maybe the manager is not the problem maybe it's you but if, if you do want to email us in a way that's maybe a bit more a bit more private than twitter a bit more long form you can really get into it you can also email mm. us at mail at take your datapoints.com we'll almost certainly read them and uh before we go as well just to review we mentioned earlier our list of bold predictions made throughout this season of the podcast I God. I stated Tipperary will progress beyond Munster. And you debated me on that because you thought that was too obvious at the time and we shouldn't put it in. But I insisted, no, I'm making this bold prediction because I want to up our correct percentage because we're going to get a lot of these wrong. <laughs> um, I'm, oh. I'm happy to be proven wrong in this case. Get to type in, no, Tip did not progress beyond Munster. That's, and um... the semi-finalists... This year will not consist of Claire Galway, Limerick, Kilkenny, Tipperary, Waterford, and Wexford. It is, in fact, missing two of those. But I'm yeah. still feeling pretty good about the other five. I still think those five will get into the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, could say so, I could say something, but my, my bold predictions have not exactly been stellar either. So. You, you, got a, you got, like, one... This year, I think. You might get two if, if things kick off with Kevin Martin, but you did successfully predict Lancashire would have a good year, and they are in the final. So I'm, I'm marking that one down as yes. Yeah, well, I will be doing my utmost to undermine Kevin Martin in the, in the <laughs> off-season. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, will I be Kim in that case? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, I'll break internet. Cool. Okay.
just right. that, make sure that we get this uh, uploaded before you break the internet. Yeah. You know, that, that guy in the cave needs his entertainment. <laughs> right. We leave it at that? Leave it at that. <laughs>